What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the game preview edition for your one seed. Kansas City Chiefs taking off another candidate for a different one seed in the NFC, the New Orleans Saints. Big game for this football team and a lot to talk about. And here to help me do it are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Matthew Lane, what's good? Everything's good. I, I must say I'm a little sad that Drew Brees is dodging the game against Patrick Mahomes after the Coward. MVP debacle of a couple of years ago. You just knew he couldn't handle facing him on the football field. No, at the time of recording this, we don't know for sure who is going to be the Saints quarterback. It sounds like the Chiefs believe it's going to be Taysom Hill based on some reports. I think that's probably smart for the Saints. Not only if we're going to get more into it, but not only to beat the Chiefs, but, you know, let Drew Brees get some more time. That old, old, old arm needs as much rest as it can possibly get. Craig can fill us in on what you have to deal with with an aging body as you get up there in the age. He is the Renaissance man after all. Listen, when you're twice the age of Drew Brees like I am, you just kind of sleep on something <laughs> wrong and and you're you're ruined for a month. So, yeah, I, I don't blame Drew Brees for dodging this one at all. Like, like Maddie said, we're recording this on Thursday night. There is probably stuff when you hear this that will happen on Friday that will change a lot of what we're talking about. We're going to try and cover as much as we can, but there's so much uncertainty with both teams right now, even more so than we're typically used to in a COVID year where things change at the drop of a hat. This game has so much that's up in the air going into the final practice day that they're just naturally probably going to be some stuff that is going to be missing from this episode. Yeah, one of the things we're hoping changes between the time we record this and the end of this, uh, or, or when this game starts, is is the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball, as we always do. There's a lot of questions um, about the offensive line. Every single tackle, it feels like, on this football team has a back injury. Mitchell Schwartz on injured reserve. Was eligible to return to practice? Didn't. Uh, that's not good. Eric Fisher, back issues. Mike Remmers, back issues. Neither have practiced the first two days of the week. That's not a good sign against a very, very good New Orleans Saints pass rush, Matthew. It's not a good sign for the Chiefs, even if their offensive line in the last few weeks has been 100% healthy facing this New Orleans Saints pass <laughs> rush, let alone if they are playing not the third string offensive tackle, but the fourth and fifth string offensive tackle. So if you can't get Fisher and Rimmers out there, at least one, you probably need both. It's going to be ugly. I mean, that will be a very interesting thing to see. Like, what will the Chiefs do? And I think we are about to get into that. What would the Chiefs do if that were to happen? If you have to see two new backups play on either side of the offensive line, like you're going to have to go well out of your way to protect your whole entire team, your MVP, the best player in the NFL, from being literally eaten by the defensive ends and the pass rush of the Saints. So hopefully those guys can go. And even if you get Fisher, even if you get Rimmers, this is still a tough matchup. I mean, the interior offensive line of the Chiefs still isn't good. The Saints interior offensive line has been quite good at rushing the passer this year. Plus you have guys like Camp Jordan who can kick inside or has wicked inside rush moves. Like this is a bad matchup no matter how you slice it. And if you're not at 100% or at least 100% minus Mitch Schwartz, that's going to be really difficult for the Chiefs. This is a bad matchup for Mitchell Schwartz 
and healthy Eric Fisher and healthy Kalecio Simile and a better center and a better guard. Like, I mean, this, <laughs> this is just, it, it's a bad matchup. This is a really good front. Like Maddie was talking about, you know, they're excellent at rushing the passer. You are going to see a lot of pressure in Patrick Mahomes' face all day long. And the worst part is, is that they're better against the run. Like, and the Chiefs haven't been particularly great against the run as it stands. You know, they haven't moved bodies. They haven't been able to really get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell, any of these guys going particularly strongly over the past several weeks. Then you're coming up against a New Orleans defense that is number one in DVOA against the run. Like, they are just an elite run-stuffing defense. This is arguably the best defense that the Chiefs have seen this season and it's coming at one of the worst times because the offensive line is so banged up I just think that we're going to see a lot of guys that aren't going to be able to move bodies and you're going to see a lot of pressure in Mahomes' face he could be running for his life all game long well yeah you got to try to figure out who are the guys that they're going to 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 line up if an Eric Fisher can't go if Mike Remmers can't go is it going to be Yasir Durant, the undrafted free agent who's gotten roughly I don't know, 30, 40 snaps on the season. You're going to call up Brian Witzman, who three years ago when the Chiefs had him wasn't particularly good. You're going to try to play Martinez Rankin for the first time in over a calendar year when he really hasn't gotten to do legitimate football activities for over a calendar year. You're going to let him try to deal with all that power? I mean, these are the kind of questions that the Chiefs got to ask themselves and they got to figure out uh, before this game. And, and personnel-wise, obviously, there's a lot of questions. And I think that leads me to the the next talking point is is how do you how do you protect or do the Chiefs protect Patrick Mahomes with play calling? Here's the reality of this football game. Obviously, there is some scenarios where the Kansas City Chiefs can lock up the one seed if the Steelers lose to the Bengals and the Go Bills Bengals. lose this. Go Bengals. I mean, great. Like, Brandon Allen. Let's go. All right, cool. Whatever. Who dat? <laughs> Who day? It's the same thing. Who You guys it's share different. the it's Bengals different. and the Who Saints. dat is playing against the Chiefs this week. The Chiefs man. are who dat. The and Saints, we aren't trying to say who dat this the week. The Saints are Matt. so unoriginal. They have a matching chant with the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about who they think they're going to beat them Bengals and all that nonsense. I want to know who started that. Who was first on that? 100% Chad Ochocinco. No, I, no, I don't think that's right. But we're going to just keep going <laughs> anyway. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's some questions, um, you know, about how the Chiefs are going to navigate this football game. They are the one seed. If they beat the Falcons and the Chargers to close out the season, they're the one seed regardless of what happens against the Saints. There are obviously scenarios in which. You know, the Chiefs could lock up the one seed this week, but they don't have to. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, they they could, they could you know, go about things a little bit differently here um, and maybe try to, you know, call this game a little bit more conservatively to protect Patrick LeVon Mahomes because the Chiefs are knocking on the door of a one seed of controlling their destiny of this game against the Saints being their last regular season or last true road game on the year. What do you do? Do you protect your your quarterback, your investment, quick passing game, maybe running the ball a little bit more, even though you're going against one of the best run defenses and statistically by DVO, the best run defense? 
How do you navigate this football game? Do you think you play a little bit more conservative to protect Patrick LeVon Mahomes, Craig? I think you got to slow down that pass rush first and foremost. If that's through lots of play action, if that's through lots of screens, you know, try and get them to think twice about pinning their ears back and being able to just bull rush this offensive line. The screen game, especially like <laughs> this offensive line might give up that quick pressure that a screen is going to give up anyway. So you might as well get them into some space, try and break off a big run. And then you're also, I think, going to see maybe a little more max protect. Maybe we do see a little more 12 personnel and say to the Saints, okay, you go ahead and blitz. Bring that extra guy, and we're going to try and hold on for just long enough so that Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey or Sammy Watkins can get open on a three-man route or something like that. I just think it's going to be a little different. I don't think Andy Reid is going to come out with a beat-up offensive line, especially if Eric Fisher and Mike Rimmers aren't able to play, and say, we're going to run our game. We're going to drop Patrick back. We're going to try and hit deep and let things develop. You're going to see a lot more quick passing. You're going to see a lot more, you know, misdirection, you know, jet motion, things like that to try and keep this defense guessing a little bit more by that extra quarter or half a second so that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, you know, Sammy Watkins can get a little more open and maybe you can get a few more opportunities on offense. If I were to throw in a guess on some of the ways that they would attempt to slow down this kind of Saints aggressive uh, defense, I mean, it is very aggressive. A lot more screens, a lot more misdirection. Like, you want to get the Saints second-guessing everything you can. Maybe you break out a big one, but even if you're not finding consistent success against them, even if you can't just move the ball down the field at will like you're used to if you're the Chiefs, you do protect Patrick Mahomes a little bit. You set the offense up to be more successful in the long run. Because if you need to protect Patrick Mahomes, which you are going to have to do if you don't have that starting or what the starting offensive line has been, heck, you may even have to do it if Fisher and Rimmers play. You are going to have to come up with ways to slow down the Saints pass rush, to smooth their linebackers around, to keep some of their secondary plays second guessing what they see. Because this defense is playing with their ears pinned back right now. They're playing very good. They're pinning their ears back. They're getting upfield. They're driving on everything. And they're doing a good job of protecting the big play at the same time. The Chiefs are going to have to find a way to move them through their scheme. And you're just not going to have a lot of time for slow developing plays if you're the Chiefs. One thing that, you know, you could potentially see is, is this is just a game where Mahomes, you know, we talk about the drifting a lot. This could be a game where Mahomes tries to buy his own time by getting depth in the pocket and just trying to separate himself far from the line of scrimmage because he has the arm talent to do it. I could see that being a situation where Mahomes is just, you know, trying to, you know, it, it's not always just extending plays. It's just trying to give some plays a chance by doing what he does with that depth. You just hope it doesn't become a, ha a bad habit right before the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be if these offensive line don't play. It's going to be fascinating to see who plays, who doesn't, what happens uh, as a result uh, of who winds up playing on Sunday. Uh, Matt, are the, are the New Orleans Saints a nightmare scheme matchup for this football team? I mean, listen, when you look at this depth chart, there's talent on every level. But more importantly than that, they're getting crazy amounts of pressure without blitzing. So that we already know you can't blitz the Chiefs. You can't blitz Patrick Mahomes. How you get home is by four-man pressures up front. Well, guess what? Cameron Jordan's long been one of the best defensive ends in the NFL, and people don't talk enough about him. Across from him, you have a guy that's contending for the lead in the NFL in sacks and Trey Hendrickson. 
You have Marcus Davenport, who's technically the starter, but he's not even their second best outside pass rusher. On the inside, you have David Onyemata, who's got a career high in sacks this year. Sheldon Rankin still has some talent. Malcolm Brown, while not an elite pass rusher, is a really good guy at clogging up the lanes, helping push the pocket back. Like They can get pressure with four very easily. They don't have to blitz much, but when they do... Demario Davis, Zach Bond, both of them, fantastic blitzers. So there you not only have guys that have a high pressure rate when they do blitz, but you have guys that get home and they don't have to do it often. Behind that, this is where it gets even worse. The Saints play the most covered two-man, so the most two-man in the entire NFL. If you were to put one defense on top of the Chiefs at what stops them, two deep safeties, Man coverage around it. You're making these receivers beat man coverage, which they can do, but it does sometimes slow down the Chiefs a little bit because they like to run a lot of spacing routes. They don't always have a lot of timing routes in the tool bag. So now you have these guys working against quality man coverage players with two safeties topping over them. If you're going to find success, it's going to be guys working the middle of the field, getting behind the linebackers, splitting the safeties on this middle field open coverage, but it's just going to be hard to get too vertical or by that time when they're getting pressure with four guys. And even when you do get those guys open in the middle of the field, you've got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and you've got Malcolm Jenkins lurking in the middle of the field. And those two guys, Malcolm Jenkins has obviously been around here for a long time. He's a very smart player. He's going to cut things very well. He's a guy that can take stuff away from Travis Kelsey. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson might be the best instigator in the league right now. And you're going to get potentially some frustrated receivers in the middle of the field. We've seen things get a little bit chippy. You might see a guy like Travis Kelsey, even though he has tamed himself down considerably, this might be one of those matchups where he's just a little bit frustrated and he snaps a little bit at a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So I do think that they've got the horses in the back to keep things locked up. They've definitely got the four-man rush up front, and they've got the potential here to really do the things that have damaged the Chiefs the most. So I, I do think that this is, frankly, the biggest scheme mismatch that the Chiefs' offense has seen all year long. Am I right, Kent, or am I right? You got the horses. I know. I knew you were going to do that. I just, as soon as you said, I was like, uh, um, (laughs) yeah, no, this is, I mean, talent and scheme. I mean, like it's, it's a problem for this football team. And this is one of the better scoring defenses in the national football league. They're top five. The chiefs are now going out back to back weeks against top five scoring defenses. Uh, this is a very good, talented group. Uh, that can challenge this team in a variety of different ways. It's going to be fascinating to see how this team navigates it. Obviously, the Chiefs just lit a top-five scoring defense on fire uh, for stretches last week. It's a little different, especially if the offensive line's hobbled. All right, players to watch. Who we got, Craig? Listen, I've never done this before, but I'm doing it this week. Patrick LaVon Mahomes is my player to watch. We typically avoid the man, but frankly... With the offensive line in shambles this week, going up against a really good pass rush, a really good second line of defense, and a really good secondary, if the Chiefs are going to win this game, it's probably going to be because he does something ridiculous this week. Kent, before we started recording, said this might be an MVP-type game. You know, if he comes out 
with a shaky offensive line. He's under pressure all game long, and he's able to go out there and really do damage as a quarterback, throw guys open, make some ridiculous throws, and win this game for the Chiefs. This might be the game that they hang the MVP race on because of what he's been able to do this season. This is arguably, the it's a top two team in the NFC right now. Like This is a team that the Chiefs could absolutely see in the Super Bowl. They are a very complete team, especially on this side of the ball. So this game is going to be on Patrick Mahomes. A great defense going up against Mahomes. If he lights him up, ooh, buddy, we're going to be right back in that MVP conversation again. If Patrick Mahomes is to have said game, he's going to need help from guys that work underneath intermediate routes, especially over the middle of the field. And while it would be very easy to say the true best tight end in football, don't let anybody get confused by whatever's going on in this Raiders game right now. Travis Kelsey would clearly be that main guy. I think the Saints are actually going to go well out of their way to slow him down. I think they are going to throw a lot of attention at him, knowing that he is going to be the reason the Chiefs have a lot of success. So I'm going to the one, the only, the Lizard King. We have a Super Bowl caliber matchup here. We're going to get playoff Sammy. Sammy Watkins working you know, opposite of Travis Kelsey or with him. A lot of attention is going to be taken off of him. He's going to get the Janoris Jenkins. He's going to get the Chauncey Gardner-Johnsons in man coverage working underneath. I will take that matchup every day. Both those DBs have played well, but they're not the kind of guys that can lock down Sammy Watkins at all. I think his ability to work, be physical, work over the middle of the field is going to be one of the linchpins of the Chiefs finding success on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. There's a little bit of a narrative there. Uh, just he's going home. Uh, he is getting a chance to come home. I got to a chance to talk to Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, a little bit earlier this week. You can listen to that on the podcast channel talk about his chance to come back you know an hour from home you know he grew up in baton rouge and he's you know an hour away from 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 his you know his old stomping grounds i'm sure uh it's gonna be exciting he said this is the first time he's been back to the area since the season started uh and so i mean that's that's got to be pretty exciting for him but also you know if if you know if if the saints are gonna play some man coverage you saw some cheat the Chiefs kind of get into some of their um you know rub concepts for the running back uh to beat man coverage last week uh, and I think you could see that again. You know, they were very successful. You know, it was really successful. I, I profiled it on on Twitter this week. There's a little two minute video you can catch just how the Chiefs were able to kind of spring Clyde Edwards-Alaire free on a on a simple little rub concept. Would not be stunned to see them utilize that a couple times. Get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand, force the defense to sort through traffic. Uh, in man coverage and watch Clyde Edwards-Alaire maybe get a couple plays in the backfield. So uh, he's a guy I think we could see maybe getting some more if they're going to play man coverage. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be back with the defensive side of the ball right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Time to talk about the defense for Chiefs Saints. And three storylines. First one, we see in Breeze, we see in Taysom. Does it matter, Craig? It does matter. It matters tremendously, actually. Uh, Taysom Hill is going to be more of a runner with the football, and he locks on to his initial read very, very regularly. I, I think you've seen some defenses have been able to frustrate him a little bit. He doesn't necessarily go through progressions particularly well. I think this is a game that if the Chiefs see Taysom Hill, Steve Spagnuolo is going to be able to tee off. He's going to send the house. You're going to see a lot of exotic stuff on the back end, and they're going to try and you know run some trap coverages, get Taysom Hill to think that he's got a look that he doesn't and throw into coverage. Hill's obviously got a better arm than Breeze, so he can stretch things vertically a little bit, but that touch deep is not there either. So uh, frankly, as a quarterback, Taysom Hill is a severe step back from what this Chiefs defense can do. Now, Drew Brees, on the other hand, yes, he's old. That arm is shot. He misses some easy stuff for sure, but he's also really smart. You're not going to really confuse him with your coverages. You're not going to confuse him with your blitz looks, and he's going to get the ball out lightning quick. That is bad news with the types of weapons that they have. They work really well in the short to intermediate range. They get open really quickly against man coverage, and even when they're not, Breeze's placement has been pretty good. Frankly, Drew Breeze in the short passing game along with their rushing attack is terrifying to me as a defensive guy I would much rather see Taysom Hill and frankly I hope the Chiefs do this week so here's the tricky part the New Orleans Saints offense with Taysom Hill so the last few weeks they have dropped from top 10 in the NFL to middle of the pack in yards per play they have dropped to the bottom 10th of the NFL in pat or yards per pass attempt Taysom Hill is playing quarterback on an otherwise efficient passing team very, very poorly. He cannot throw the ball. Yes, they've won a couple games. There is a picture of him or a video of him throwing a deep ball that was underthrown by 10 yards or something. He is not a good passer of the football. He is just simply not good at it. It shows in all of their play. He even only throws the ball. His average intended air yards is only one yard higher than Drew Brees. It's still bottom 10 in the NFL. It's not a vertical passing attack. No matter who's the quarterback, it's going to be short. If it's Hill, it's going to be late and accurate. If you are looking at who the passing defense wants to see, it's 100% Taysom Hill because he's not good at it. That said, the Chiefs specifically really struggle with athletes. They really struggle with tackling, and they struggle with speed. Taysom Hill brings every single one of those elements as a runner. I think the Saints could very much draw up a lot of plays that get Hill on the move, get him out of the pocket, whether by designed runs, rollouts, or just giving him that early option. I do think you could see a lot of plays where Taysom Hill ends up in open space versus Chiefs defense if he's the guy to play. That's where he gets dangerous. Drew Brees is obviously the better player. 
In his first game back, though, I might be more acceptable of Drew Brees. The team becomes a lot more one-dimensional, and I think the Chiefs match up better there than having to deal with Taysom Hill in space. But Taysom Hill's inability to play quarterback cannot be overlooked. Would you rather play Taysom Hill in space, or would you rather have the ball on Alvin Kamara very quickly in space? Because that's the thing that worries me about Drew Brees. He's so good about getting the ball out quick and letting his playmakers make plays for him. That would be my concern with Drew Brees. Taysom Hill, his statistics are cosmetically better than they are. He, <laughs> and they're bad. I mean, they're, they're still bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's he's he's lucky. His stat lines look what they look like. Like he's underthrown several balls down the field when he tries to challenge down the field, it looks ugly. Now watch, he's gonna torch the Chiefs for 400 yards uh, uh, of total offense this week. But um, I I think I'd rather go up against Taysom with all the stuff that he can do in the run game. Even I just his passing potential is just it's bottom bottom of the barrel for a starting ish quarterback. All right, how do we handle Alvin Kamara, Craig? We don't. Next question. Oh, wait. Um, no, this is <laughs> this is a problem. I mean, it's a major problem. The Chiefs have been marginally better than they were last year against running backs, but frankly, Alvin Kamara is just a different monster altogether. Like he's a guy that is a matchup nightmare for teams with good safety play in the box and good linebackers in the box. And the chiefs, depending on where they line up, Tyron Matthew may have neither. So that's a problem for this chiefs defense. You're going to see a lot of quick flare outs. You're going to see a lot of stuff out in the flat from Alvin Kamara and having him make guys like, you know, Ben Neiman. Oh boy. Miss in the flat or Dan Sorensen miss in the flat. I know that we're all hoping for the best game that we can possibly get out of those two guys, but frankly, Kamara should just dominate them in that, in that space. And that's bad news because then he's going to be running into the secondary against guys that have struggled with tackling. And there's a real chance for some of these short, quick passes to go the distance because Alvin Kamara is just that good of a player. They lean on him. They funnel things through him regularly when he's healthy, and he appears to be so right now. So this is just... it terrifies me. Even I, even putting a guy with superior athleticism like Willie Gay on the field, I think that you're that's a major major ask. I just don't know that even Willie Gay and his top shelf athleticism can hang with a guy that's as loose and elusive as Alvin Kamara is. So how do you stop Alvin Kamara? You let Taysom Hill play quarterback. Yeah, there you Since- go. Now, Alvin Kamara was dealing with a little bit of injury in Taysom Hill's first game back versus the first Atlanta game. So maybe there has been, you know, working him back into the offense a little bit. But with Taysom Hill at quarterback, he's never gone over five yards per target as a receiver. He's only cracked five yards per rush one time. He's generally been held in good enough check by opposing defenses with Taysom Hill. And I think Kent touched on it. The ball's not getting to him as quickly. It's not getting to him on time. That's not Taysom Hill's first read. And if it is, he's just a little bit slower getting there. 
So I don't think that without Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara is going to be in a position to really be the main guy that stops the Chiefs, that really hurts the Chiefs defense. He is a bad matchup. Don't get me wrong. We saw what Christian McCaffrey was able to do. We didn't, yeah, we saw what Christian oh. McCaffrey was able to do against them. It wasn't pretty. Alvin Kamara can do a lot of the exact same stuff. The issue is Taysom Hill's not very good at getting him the ball in those situations, and the Chiefs' run defense has been oddly good these last couple weeks. They've been pretty solid against the run. So if they're not, if they're having to force feed Kamara 10 targets for 44 yards, that's a huge win. That's his best stat line as a receiver with Taysom Hill. We will take that all day. Stop Alvin Kamara, make Taysom Hill play quarterback. Hey, Craig, do you know who is not back? Uh, who is not back? Texas. Do you know what might be back? What might be back, Ken? The pass rush. Mm. What do you think, Maddie? I I enjoy this uh, this path we took to get here. It was a beautiful scenic route. I liked it. The Chiefs pass rush, especially the defensive line, was able to make some plays last week versus the Miami Dolphins. Now, it helps that Tua held onto the ball a lot compared to some other quarterbacks, but that's what you need. Guess who kind of has been doing that? Taysom Hill. The Saints went from one of the top five teams in sack percentage to one of the bottom 10 teams. They have almost doubled their sack percentage with Taysom Hill playing quarterback. They He is very slow to get rid of the ball. He tries to scramble. He obviously doesn't work through the reads at the same rate as Drew Brees does. Their offensive line is still quality. It's a good, very good offensive line. But without Drew Brees, his amazing pocket management and just the way he gets rid of the ball so quickly, the pass rushes have been able to get home. The Chiefs should look to rebound, or not rebound, but carry over their performance against the Dolphins versus the Saints team. Get a couple sacks. Let Chris Jones, let Frank Clark eat. Profit. Get going into the playoffs. Get rolling. This is the game you have to do it. I love that Matalytics has returned. You know, really, <laughs> really brought it home. A he's been throughout the show. I mean, he's just dropping knowledge out here. It's absolutely wonderful. Okay, since Matt painted the rosy picture of Taysom Hill as quarterback, I'm going to paint the not-so-rosy picture with Drew Brees as quarterback. This Chiefs pass rush will struggle against Drew Brees because, frankly, every pass rush does. Drew Brees is a master at not taking sacks. It's not just getting the ball out quickly, although he definitely does that. It's, well... (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. But he also manages the pocket well. He senses pressure well. He picks up blitzes well. He shifts protections ridiculously well. He's protected himself as a player for the majority of his career by doing just these things. Now, I know that's I'm saying that about a player right now that has broken ribs because he got hit a little too often, but this offensive line is very, very good. And if Drew Brees is back, they are definitely not going to let him stand in there against a Spagnolo blitz and take hits. He's going to get the ball out lightning quick. They are going to be throwing it, you know, as soon as he catches it. Like this is this is not a great game for the pass rush if Drew Brees is there because they're just not going to have time. And I know that a lot of people are going to complain about the four-man rush or the blitz. You know, come on, Spags, do something. When you're throwing the ball at two seconds, you can't. Like, there's just not a whole lot you can do. And so I expect that if Drew Brees is back, that we don't get to see that advancement of the pass rush. Now, to Maddie's point, Taysom Hill's here. Guess what? Floodgates are open. Like, they got that monkey off their back last week. Go out, beat up a good offensive line, 
and feel good about where you are as a pass rush. I'm hoping for that eventuality. Um, you know, this is uh this is a game where pass rush is uh or uh, sacks are a QB stat. Taysom Hill really holds onto the ball and makes it really hard on a good offensive line. This is a tough challenge for this football team, and it's a good challenge for this football team, and I'm excited that we're getting it uh, because uh, this is a good test to see you know the progress of this defensive line against a good group, interior and exterior. Quality tackles, good interior offensive line. Uh, they invested in Andrews Pete bringing him back. They've got Teron Armstead. they got Ryan Ramchak. This is a good group. So uh, this will be a fun challenge for this football team. All right, players to watch. Who we got? I'm going with Juan Thornhill. Um, Alvin Kamara with Drew Brees averages almost 11.5 yards per reception, and he gets volume touches. Michael Thomas, who has missed two practices this week, and the it's unsure whether or not he's going to be able to go, is a slant yak machine with Drew Brees in there. And honestly, even with Taysom Hill. Uh, Hill targeted him plenty when he did drop back to pass. Emmanuel Sanders is also very good in the middle of the field. Juan Thornhill has to come up. He has to make tackles, and he has to take good angles because the passes are going to be shorter than him. They're not going to be testing him deep. They're not going to be asking him to cover bound, you know, numbers to numbers on a lot of these deep passes. They're going to be throwing short of him. So far this season, we've seen Juan struggle a little bit, coming downhill, taking the proper angle, and filling the alley, really making the plays that we saw him making last year. This is a big game. The Chiefs could be in dime regularly, depending on how the game flow goes. If they're in those situations, Juan Thornhill is going to be asked to fill a lot of alleys, come downhill, and make a lot of tackles. It's not something he's particularly been good at in 2020. Now's the time to turn it around. Be a great time to see a good Juan Thornhill game. Hey, Kent, who's been the most consistent player for the Chiefs' defense all year? Oh, that's a loaded question. No, it's Chris not. Jones, I guess? No. No. Anthony Hitchens. Not only is Anthony Hitchens playing his best ball for the Kansas City Chiefs, he's been the same guy all season long. He's an incredibly smart player. He gets the entire defense lined up. The amount of times that Willie Gay is getting a lecture pre-snap while Hitchens has to keep <laughs> turning his head away to give other people orders just to get him ready for the play, it's crazy. He's calling the entire defense. He's getting everybody lined up. He's communicating what the front's doing to the back and to Tyron Matthew. Oh, and he's playing significantly faster this year. He's flying around. He's hitting guys. He's getting into gaps early. He is making a couple big plays every single week. But on top of that, he's not the guy that is making the, any mental errors. I mean, he doesn't have the best range. He's not the most comfortable in coverage. But he's been fine in both regards. What he does for this Chiefs defense is irreplaceable. And Anthony Hitchens has maybe had one bad game all season long he's been the most consistent Chiefs defender as well as the most improved and I think Chiefs fans are kind of starting to come around to embracing this but you're getting the guy that you always wanted you're getting the guy you paid for right now be happy and this is a game you're going to need him against this offensive line and no matter which quarterback it is the middle linebacker your Mike is going to be a guy that's going to be responsible for getting that defense ready for whatever the Saints throw at him he hasn't been as big of a problem as a lot of people on Chiefs Twitter want to believe Everybody's like, what are they going to do with linebacker next year? What Take a linebacker in the first round. Anthony Hitchens and Willie Gay are going to take up all those snaps. Uh, 
Okay, my guy's Turk Wharton. He's going up against a very talented interior offensive line. I think this is a big test for him. Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, uh, Andrews Pete. That's a good group. That's a talented group. Uh, and Cesar Ruiz has a chance to go up against this group. You know, he's he had a really good game last week, uh, beating up on on a, a bad interior offensive line. I want to see him in a bigger test. Just kind of see what he's made of. Uh, you know, I... We we know he's probably not going to hold up against the run. That's just that's just kind of not his game. But man, he's been disruptive as a pass rusher, and it's been really enjoyable to watch him play the game of football. I'm excited again to watch our guy Turk Wharton. Prediction time. What we got, Craig? Well, I'm leading off with Drew Brees playing here, and frankly, I think that's a problem. I think that the New Orleans Saints offense is going to be able to move the ball regularly. I don't think the Chiefs defense are going to get a whole lot of stops. And I think a lot of time is going to take off the clock. Like, I think it's going to be a methodical movement of the ball. Patrick Mahomes is going to be running for his life against this defense as well. So, with Drew Brees playing, I have the Chiefs losing 30-35. to 35. But wait, bonus prediction, Taysom Hill plays... Everything changes. I don't think they move the ball as well. I don't think it's as methodical. I think Taysom Hill makes mistakes. I think the Chiefs can turn the ball over and get sacks and find ways to do things on that side of the ball. Patrick Mahomes is still going to be running for his life. Like That's not going to change with that being the case, but the game script is different. I got the Chiefs winning that one 28-17. As of right now, it seems like the information is that Taysom Hill is playing. And even if he's not the one to play, I think that Drew Brees in his first game back after breaking like 15 ribs. Like Craig said, if you just sleep wrong at your guys' age, things go poorly. I can only imagine what happens in your first game back from breaking half of your ribs. So no matter who's the quarterback, the Chiefs are scoring 31 points and the Saints are only going to muster 24 as the Chiefs do take a, a very good game that's a lot closer than just a one score, you know, one touchdown win. But the Chiefs do end up taking it. This is Patrick Mahomes' MVP game. This is the final game of the season where he's going to really flash why he should be the MVP. And the Lizard King, Sammy Watkins, is going to help him do it. 100 yards, two touchdowns, put it down. Oh, this could this could very much be a Sammy Watkins game. I like that call, Maddie. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. If they're going to play man coverage, too. I like it. I'm picking a Chiefs win. I'm picking a one-score Chiefs win. I'm picking a one field goal Chiefs win. 31-28, your Kansas City Chiefs win. Patrick LaVon Mahomes, four touchdowns, all in the air. One to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Welcome home. I think this game, I, th- I think Taysom Hill scores a garbage time touchdown to make it a little bit closer than it is. But it ends in a one-score game. 31-28, your Kansas City Chiefs win. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back with the AP Laboratory post-game show after the game. We'll catch you later.